1: I am afraid that I am not going to have resources in the future, so I am going to keep all the things. And how that manifests itself is I might need it someday. So understanding that the root of that is fear.
0: Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. So, I'm going to start this episode with a confession. When it comes to home organization, I tend to be a piler. <laughs> clutter is my default, and sticky notes are my friends. And those sticky notes add to my clutter. But part of My clutter default has actually caused stress in my life, and honestly, I've had to learn some new strategies for home organization. So enter my friend, Kathy Lip. Kathy understands my pain. She not only grew up with clutter, but with a father who was a hoarder. And home organization has honestly been one of the most highly requested topics for me to tackle on the podcast, so I couldn't think of anybody any better than Kathy to help us. She's the best selling author of Clutter Free. And she also hosts the popular Clutter Free Academy podcast and is even featured in Women's World as one of their Ask the Experts. So, Kathy and her husband, Roger, live in California. They're the parents of four young adults. And welcome back to the No More Perfect podcast, Kathy.
1: It is so great to be here with you. I always have so much fun, Jill.
0: Oh, well, you know what? I want you to know, you are my first guest to have an encore appearance on the podcast.
1: What? That's (laughs) amazing. Oh, I am super honored. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. So in the first episode, you and I talked about being prepared because you're, is it prepared for anything? Ready for anything. Yes. Yes. Ready for anything had just released. And we were at the beginning of dealing with unprecedented times,
1: right? The most (laughs) popular phrase of 2020, yes.
0: (laughs) And you talked to us about um, being prepared for anything like toilet paper shortages, natural disasters, and even unexpected company.
1: Yes. Who knew that that was such a prophetic book at the time? But I'm glad we're we're talking now when we see some light at the end of the tunnel.
0: I agree. I agree. And if you missed that first episode with Kathy, I'll make sure and link to it in the show notes because it was a great conversation. But today we're going to talk about stuff. How do we manage stuff? How do we (laughs) live with stuff? How do we organize our stuff? What do we do with the stuff? What do we do when there's too much stuff? And Mm -hmm. we all have stuff, don't we?
1: We all have stuff. And I think we underestimate how much time and energy it takes to manage all that stuff. And we feel like it should be easier than it actually is. But this is the reality. It's uh, We all have to manage our stuff. And for some people, it does come more naturally, but for most of us, it really doesn't. Yeah. So
0: obviously, I mean, you grew up in an extreme situation with stuff. Uh, Talk about that a little bit, what that taught you, and then ultimately why you decided you've not only written the book Clutter Free you have Clutter Free Academy, you have a podcast on clutter. So talk to me about how you really began to get in your lane as it relates to helping people with their stuff.
1: Yeah, so my dad was a hoarder. I don't know. I think my mom was able to keep him in check to a point. Like there was his office upstairs, and there was his garage, which we just didn't, we never went, you know, The only time I went into the garage was to do laundry and to get the mail. Everything else was my dad's. And it was, you know, his Coca-Cola collection, National Geographics for the past, you know, 50 years that were, of course, going to be worth something someday. His his tools, his electronic, all that kind of stuff. And it was just, there was no sense to it. Everything was precious to him, Mm -hmm. but, you know, he couldn't think it through. And he couldn't make decisions. And, you know, to a lesser extent, I think that that is what is happening to a lot of us. It's the decision fatigue. Now a hoarder is a psychological disorder. That is not what I have, but I never really learned to manage my stuff because there was no process for getting it out of the house, deciding this was good. This is something we should keep. This was not good. This is something we don't keep. So. I really thought that it was just my lot in life to always Mm -hmm. live cluttered. Like Mm -hmm. I figured, and I would make it cute. Like, Hey, I've got a creative mind. I get to be cluttery or, you know, I, this is what creatives do. They make a mess and beauty comes out of the mess. All lies, all lies. They're very comforting at the time, but it's just not true. Like I have found, I am much more creative when there's order in my life that Mm -hmm. keeps me from being distracted. UCLA did a great study. I think it was about 15 years ago and went into the homes of about 40 Los Angeles residents and categorized Mm -hmm. all the stuff they had, you know, and some of these people, I I don't know if they were hoarders, but they were extreme collectors and, you know, would have, thousands of DVDs or musical instruments, things like that. And what they found is that the serotonin levels for women living in these houses was horrible. Just like it was super low. Yes. Yes. It was causing depression. It Mm. was manifesting itself physically in the women. The guys were not as bothered by it. And I think that that is, says a lot about our society, actually. But what happens is when we're in the midst of all that mess, what's Mm -hmm. happening, you know, you're sitting there in your room, Jill, and what's going on, you're trying to write an article or you're trying to write an email to a friend and you're pinging off everything that is out. You mentioned, you know, we've talked about this before that you're a piler, not a filer by nature. Mm hmm. Problem is you see that bill in that pile and it pings you and you can't concentrate on the things that you need when you know that there are all these little, I, am going to sound very woohoo here for a moment, but just go with me. Like when you see that report that needs to be signed and turned in, you see that bill that needs to be paid. You see that license for your dog that needs to be renewed. What's happening you, that's all pieces of energy that are just kind of out there, grabbing your attention. Now, I don't really believe it's energy, but what's going on Mm -hmm. is your brain is being attracted to all of that and you can't focus on your task because you're being pinged all over the place. So my goal is to say, God has a plan for you. He wants you to be on purpose. If you're being pinged all the time, you're never going to get very far in that because you're always going to be distracted.
0: Mm, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. So our, our brain is being pulled in a million different directions. What, what does this do for somebody like me where, and you and I talked about this in your, because you have a free Facebook
1: group, right? Right, oh. a free academy, totally free. We just go in there and love on each other and get rid of stuff.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I, I did an interview with you and that's where we were talking about the innie and the Audi and yes. that that innies tend to file, outies tend to pile. Right. And so even with me as an outie, I have to be careful because I have learned some techniques to better organize my stuff. But even my tendency to use a lot of sticky notes, I have to be careful about that because it will be pinging my brain. And I don't even realize that.
1: It's so true. So like one of the things that I have finally taken to, and it sounds so 1950s, but I've got a diary on my desk and just a little place where I write down the things that I need to do. and. You know, it's a Monday through Friday. I write or Monday through Sunday, excuse me. And I write it down there because I can close that book, but I can also open it up. But if I have a million post-it notes, like on my screen and stuff like that, it's going to distract me. Now, here's what I will say. If it's urgent, a post-it note is not a bad idea. In fact, Jill, you'll love this. My mom, when I was growing up, we didn't have computers. We didn't have reminders on our calendar pinging us. You know, my mom would take a piece of paper, write down that very important thing she couldn't forget. She would fold it up, she would wrap it around the purse handle and staple it. (laughs) That was her right. It's the ultimate. Like I'm not gonna carry this around all day. I have to do this, but yeah, it's so it's setting things up. I I use my calendar for a lot of things. I will I put my to dos on my calendar and say, you know, Moose's dog license due today, and so and it keeps pinging me until I get rid of it and say I've done it. So using that really helps, or having a small pile on your desk. Is okay if you say on your calendar, Jill goes through pile from 10 to 11. Yes. Because every time your brain looks at that pile, you say, I don't have to worry about that. I'm going through that from 10 to 11. So I, can- I don't have to be pinged by it.
0: Yes. And you know, I just started doing that. I would say in the last year, I started putting my to-do list into my calendar.
1: Game changer.
0: It is. It's a game changer. Yes. Yes. What a difference that makes because before that, it was just something that weighed on me. Like I was constantly weighed down by, I got to get that done. I got to get this done. Yeah.
1: Well, so like, you know, a thousand years ago, life was not easier. Let's be super clear, but it was simpler. What Jill had to do a thousand years ago was cook the food, get the water, you know, go take care of the kit that all that kind of stuff. Now Jill has to get on squad cast with a link with Kathy who lives in a different state and prep the thing. Like our lives have become so incredibly complicated. Mm -hmm. We need simple buckets to put things in and that, 10 to 11 Jill's going to work on this pile is a simple bucket. You know, Mm -hmm. to have those things to do is a simple bucket and Jill trying to remember, I need to do these seven things that are not simple is never going to work. Our brains are not designed to keep all uh, an entire schedule. So, I am am in front of my calendar all day long. It's here right now as I'm talking to you because I know next things that have to happen.
0: Yes, yes. You know, I also do things on my calendar. Now, I use an electronic calendar as well as a physical calendar.
1: I do too. Do you? So this, the thing on my desk is just like... Okay, I'm I'm having a conversation with you and I'm thinking, you know what? I need to have Jill back on clutter free academy because this is a good conversation. So I write it down here while we're talking. Mm-hmm. So I'm not in there making a scheduled appointment. I'm just writing it down. Or here, you know, this is something I want to add to my to-do list during that time. And I'll just write it down there very quickly. Yes, yes. And,
0: you know, but one of the things that's kind of funny that I also use my calendar for is I use it to remember things that are a little ways out. I'll give you an example. So, and this, I can only do this on an electronic calendar, but when my kids were in high school, they were each graduating about every 2 years from the same high school. Right. So, after we would have a graduation party, I had these orange and black plates and napkins and cups, okay? And because they're all graduating from the same high school, I put them all in a airtight container and I put it in the attic. And I go forward 2 years on my on my electronic calendar and I put a note somewhere around April. Jill you have black and orange paper cups, napkins and plates in the attic. This is where it is.
1: <laughs> okay. Jill, let me tell you what I call that. I call it a treasure map. Oh yes. Your treasure is up in the attic. You don't need that treasure right now, yeah. but you do need it in two years. Something similar I do is every September I put a note like oh no I'm sorry excuse me every January I put a note on September 1st Kathy you do not need Christmas wrapping paper <laughs> do not buy it <laughs> because I can't remember if last year I used up all the wrapping paper yes so I go to Costco and I'm like oh my because of course in September Why wouldn't you buy wrapping paper? And because my brain is a scarcity brain, for some reason, I think the only wrapping paper that's going to be available is at Costco in September. So I go and I buy it. But if on September 1st, I say, Kathy, you've got plenty of wrapping paper. You don't need to buy it. Ah. It's all good. I
0: love that. And I love the whole idea of that's a treasure map. I didn't even know like there was a word for it, but oh my gosh, it has helped me so much to do things like that, that just, you know, you think you'll remember those and I've just learned, no, I won't remember it.
1: Well, your brain is focused on so many important things. It has to let go of some unimportant details so that you can be the creative writer, speaker, Leader, marriage counselor that you are. We don't want your, we want you to have an assistant and your assistant is that calendar Mm -hmm. to take care of all those things that Jill should not have to take care of. Yeah. Oh, that's so good.
0: Okay. So let's, let's move. So that's organizing kind of our time, that's organizing our brain power. Let's turn and let's really talk about organizing our stuff because I think this is where we get really hung up. So I I think one of the things that I'm thinking of, and I just talked to so many moms and I know I've been there myself, is when things are very out of control in my home, out of control, there's stuff everywhere. We, we can't get a grip on it. There's piles of laundry. There's piles of undone laundry. There's piles of not yet folded laundry, not put away laundry. There's school papers. And we can't find school papers that need to go back to school. When things are so out of control, where do we even start to change that? Yeah.
1: Okay. I That's such a great question. Okay. So here is what I would say. So. I think that there are two chores that when we get behind, it affects everything else. Okay. Dishes and laundry. Dishes and laundry. If the only two things you keep up on on a semi daily basis are dishes and laundry, it's going to make your life so much easier because laundry, you know, living out of baskets doesn't work. Having to do the sniff test to see if that's a clean basket or a dirty basket. Like dishes and laundry are not just cleaning tasks. They're also organizational tasks. Uh-huh. And so if you can stay, if all you can do is stay on top of those two things, because when you go to clean the bathroom, Jill, it's going to take the same amount of time, whether it's been two days or a week, or let's be honest, a month. Sure. You know, like so vacuuming is going to take the same amount of time, whether you do it once a week or once every three weeks. But laundry, when you get behind on that, it affects all the other areas of your life. Like you're going to be late to school because your kids don't have clean underwear. You're going to having to go. So and also dishes, staying on top of dishes. So if you can only pick two chores that you can do in a day stay on top of those things. The other thing I would say is make sure this is the thing that caused me to lose my Jesus on the regular (laughs) job. I would wash dry and fold my kids clothes and I would find folded clothes in the hamper. Oh, and oh my gosh. Yeah. So here, as soon as you humanly can, Teach your kids to do their laundry. Teach your kids to do their laundry. So that, and they may need some help at first. That's okay. But that, you know, and assign them two days a week or one day a week or however your family operates Mm -hmm. that that's when they do their laundry because it's going to make such a difference. And even if it's you do your laundry on this day, you know, put it in. I'm going to wash it. I'll dry it. And then I'm going to put it on your bed and you fold it and put it away. They are not going to throw that back into the hamper. They're just not because mom's time. Yeah. Their time is very valuable. Their time is very valuable. Right. Whereas mom's, yeah, it's not. So my first thing is stay on top of laundry and dishes. The second most important thing I would say is this stuff that keeps showing up at your house all the time, all this and frack that's all over the place. Get as much of it out of your house as possible. You know, the McDonald's toys that nobody is using, they just happen when they're looking for other toys, those get strewn about. Yes, The clothes that they keep putting on and you're like, why do I see this go through the laundry every week, but I don't see it on you? Oh, yeah, it doesn't really fit. Okay, well, your kids are not going to think to tell you, mom, this doesn't fit. Let's get rid of it. Or maybe, you know, you have those clothes that you try on the jacket and you're like, ooh, it's a little snug. Mm -hmm. Okay. If Mm -hmm. you're not willing to get rid of it right now, that's okay. But put it in a place in your closet where you're not going to grab it. I do have a place because I am currently working on my health situation. Mm -hmm. I do have a little Mm -hmm. section of my closet that's like, not now, but maybe someday. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I only keep that portion of my closet when I'm actually working on stuff. Because otherwise it gets involved. We have all these things that we bought at some point that we're not actually using, but they keep showing up, get them out of your house. Your mental health is more important than whatever you paid for that piece. Mm -hmm. It really is. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is you talk about papers that need to go back to school, permission slips, bills that come into the house. So the first thing I will say is wherever your mail lands, have a recycling bin right there so that nothing nothing comes in where you can't get rid of the envelope. You can't get, like, I open my mail over my recycling bin and then anything that needs to be shredded, I take upstairs. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. with school stuff, this is what I call it. I say, kick it back into play. So kick it back into play means before we even get out of the car, Like, if I've got my kids in their backpacks, is there anything you need me to look at? Is there anything you need me to sign? And I kid you not, I have them give it to me. I look at it. I sign it. You know, if I need to put, you know, if I need to Venmo money or put a check or something like that, I've got all that in the car. I can do it. And I put it back in their backpack. Before Before you go in the house. Before I go in the house. Whoa. Dude. Dude. Because how many times have I had to drive to school Mm -hmm. to bring the thing? Mm -hmm. Like, it just doesn't, it it will take me two minutes sitting there. Or the other thing I'll do is I'll get out to pump the gas. I'll sign things. The kids, their job when we're pumping gas is I hand them a bag, get all the garbage and recycling. We're going to throw it there. But the first thing the kids do when they get in the car is they go through and say, is there anything that I you need from me? God. Is there anything you need from me? I know it's but we had four kids. Right. Like there was always something. Yes. So kicking it back into play, get it off your plate as soon as humanly possible.
0: Oh, that's good. Um boy, that has never crossed my mind to do that even in the car. Because then the chaos of it doesn't even enter the house.
1: It doesn't leak into the house. Exactly. Exactly. And having that garbage bag in your car, anything that they're like, oh, I just need to throw it away. You know, they got homework turned back in that they don't need you to see. All of that can go straight into that bag to be recycled or garbage or whatever, but it never comes into the house. Mm,
0: Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And that is a, a great strategy. Okay. And
1: do you know I do that right now. We have our we live on a mountain. We have a P.O. box. And so the stuff never comes into my house that doesn't need to be in my house. So packaging, all that kind of stuff. When I get out of the car at my house, I take that stuff straight from my car to the recycling bin or the garbage bin, wherever it goes. It never even comes into my house. So you're opening up that mail and you're
0: opening up boxes in your vehicle.
1: In my car, (laughs) yes. Because I just can't deal with more stuff in my house. I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you're
0: you're thinking ahead on it. I think a lot of Mm -hmm. times what happens is we just go on autopilot with our Mm -hmm. past habits maybe even right. habits that we saw growing up and we've never stopped to rethink
1: them. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. And we're going to also teach our kids. If we still have kids living at home, here are some processes we can, because it's not just for our house, it's for future generations house. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want. And let's also be clear, you know, Jill, you spend a lot of time working with people in their marriages. Mm-hmm. If your serotonin level is super, super low and you're trying to function in the house and you're already maybe in a stress situation. Now, please hear me correctly. I'm not saying it's anybody's job to not bring that into that, you know, to help other people calm down. But I want to help you be at peace. And if lowering the clutter level in your house can help bring some peace, because here's the thing I know, when I am stressed out, it's very easy to take my stress out on other people. Yes. And I don't want to be like that, but I know me well enough that when I am feeling overwhelmed, It's very easy for me to pick on something of somebody else, and I don't want to be that person. So there are a couple of strategies to say, okay, Kathy, recognize what you're doing in the moment. In the moment, you're stressed out, so you're causing somebody else to be stressed out. Not cool, dude. Mm -hmm. But the other thing Mm -hmm. I can say is I want to lower the stress level in this house for everybody, but I really want to do it for me. I am not letting anything into my house that doesn't need to be there
0: that makes a lot of sense. And it really helps me to think ahead and, and even question what I'm bringing through the door.
1: Yeah. And when you start to think like that, it affects what you buy. Yeah. It affects your shopping. It affects everything. Yes. Okay. Now
0: there's one other place I want to go before we bring this to a close. And that is, you know, one of the things I've really learned is that what we think affects what we feel, what we feel affects what we believe, what we believe affects what we do and what we do affects the results that we get. Right. So so all of these things that we're talking about are, ta- are actions that will make a difference in the results. But mm-hmm. our connection, our mental connection to stuff also affects our ability to make those actions happen long-term. So what, can we just explore just for a few minutes, what are some common thinking patterns that are not helping with our stuff and the management of our stuff, or maybe they're contributing to the clutter and we don't even realize it's these messages in our head. Can we talk about that for a minute?
1: I've got three of them for you. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. Fear. I am afraid that I am not going to have resources in the future. So I am going to keep all the things. And how that manifests itself is I might need it someday.
0: Okay, so we just tell ourselves,
1: I might need it someday. I might need it someday. So understanding that the root of that is fear. Fear that God's not going to provide for me. Fear that I won't have what I need. Fear that at some point, a two-year-old expired pancake mix is all I'm going to have. Hmm. Like it's the survivalist basic thinking that is fear driven. And it is, it it it's a lack of trust is really what it is. You know, I think about that because I think, you know, maybe Roger and I both lose our jobs. What happens then? You know, and I start to think about that and I go into some weird places, but I'm not thinking about it logically. Mm-hmm. You know, God forbid something like that happen. We do have some savings. And if we didn't have savings, we do have people who love us. And we also have, you know, other things that so to think through that. And so I look at every time I give something away as an act of trust, Mm. trust that I can, you know, God has given me the tools to provide for myself. And if something dramatic happens, that two year expired picket cake mix, is not going to be the answer. Mm-hmm. There are other things that are going to be the answer. And so getting rid of things I don't need helps me stay the course to be able to think clearly and do the things. So there's fear. Okay. And then one of the messages is guilt. But so-and-so gave it to me. My mom gave it mm-hmm. to me. My aunt gave it to me and giving this away says that I don't love them. And when did we decide that stuff was proof of love? Right. I lost my grandma, my mother's mom several years ago. And you know, people, you know, they asked me what I wanted from her stuff. And I said, nothing. And it's not because I don't love her. I already have her recipe box where she wrote in pencil every address mm-hmm. that she lived at some art deco clip on the earrings that I just fell in love with. And then a little silver box that an uncle brought over from Germany and has a little note in there that he gave to his fiance. And you know, mm. so these are the things, and I've got one of her aprons. These are the things that remind me of my grandmother and they, they bring me happiness, but holding on to like books of hers. That was not a thing between her and me holding on to, you know, these are things that represent things about our relationship. But even Mm -hmm. if I didn't have them, I still have my grandmother's memories. Just because somebody gave you something doesn't mean you need to hold on to it till Jesus comes back or both of you leave the earth. But what
0: if they find out that you don't have it anymore?
1: Okay. I love this. Did you ever watch Gilmore Girls? I didn't. No. Well, Jill, okay. At some point. I need to do that. There (laughs) there is a scene where the matriarch, Emily Gilmore, is pulling out things from her basement because her mother-in-law is coming and they know where they all get set up and everything. It's just funny. So if you've got somebody in your life like that, that it that does judge your love by the stuff. Keep yes. two or three things and know where they are, and if you need to pull it out before they come. If that is an act of love for that person, then do it. Sure. It, if you don't want to have them in your house all the time, you can put them away. But I really think: is there one thing you can keep out that they put out there that makes them really happy to see it? And um, mm-hmm. if you can do that, but sure, okay, just understand that that's not healthy thinking. But if, if, if it avoids an argument, I'm all about avoiding an argument. The last thing is, okay, so we talked about fear. We talked about guilt, shame. I spent so much money on it. I don't want to be seen as a wasteful person. And so the shame of money that we've spent, like I bought this great pair of shoes. They're awesome. They were really expensive. I can't wear them. They hurt so much, but I can't get rid of them. So they just stay a shrine in my closet of wasted mm. money. So in my thing, let's talk about freedom again. Can I give those to goodwill? Can I give them to a group that helps single moms get job interviews? Who can I give them to? Where they Because right now, when they're sitting in your closet, when they're not used, they're not loved, they have no value. Their value is zero. But when you give them to somebody, you are restoring value. Oh, yes. That's very true. Yes, you are. You know, one other
0: thought that comes to my mind is that I, I think sometimes gets in the way it did for me. I'll do it later. Yes, yes. I'll do it later. Yeah. Like that one it just seemed like it would bite me like dishes and laundry, you know, even like tackling them. I'd, I'd say, Oh, I'll clean up the, I'll clean up the kitchen later.
1: Yeah. I like to look at it as taking care of your future self. If I mm-hmm. do this at four o'clock in the afternoon, I don't have to do it at nine o'clock tonight or 7am tomorrow Four 4pm. 4 Kathy can get it done. Yeah, you know, nine o'clock tonight, Kathy doesn't, isn't going to want to do this really is really not going to want to do this. Seven o'clock in the morning, Kathy. she's got things she's got to get done. She's got appointments to get ready for. She's got it. taking care of your future self. Re reframing that to love. on. Yourself. Yes. Yes. Taking care. Of, I love that. All right.
0: This has been so good. Thank you, Kathy. I love this. Oh, and you know what? If somebody wants to take some next steps to become clutter-free, where do they find your best resources? I would just
1: say go onto Facebook and go to Clutter-Free Academy. Like look for that. It's going to ask you a few questions to say, you know, because we only want people who really want to be in there to be in there. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, say, Hey, I heard you on Jill's show. And we'll let you in and you're going to get everything you need there. Okay. That's great to know. Uh, Would you be willing
0: to close in prayer and just pray for somebody that's listening? Okay. That would be great.
1: Father, uh, God, we thank you for truth and we thank you for freedom. And we thank you for the freedom that comes in living lighter and trusting you for our needs. God, I pray for the person who is struggling with their clutter. I pray that they can find freedom. I pray that they can find a supportive community that will help them get clutter-free. And God, I pray that they would be able to experience, maybe for some people the first time, trusting you completely for every single one of their needs. God, we are so grateful that you provide. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.